2019 is here. So what next? Branches will continue to be a hot topic, and here to sort it all out and set our sights on the new year, we have David Kirstein, president of Peak Performance Group. Welcome to BAI Banking Strategies, where each week we'll focus on the key issues facing financial services leaders. We'll bring you objective opinions and actionable insights that will help you power smart decisions. I'm your host, Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. Come on in. Thanks for tuning into the podcast and a happy 2019, one and all. And boy, have we got a treat for you today on the show, David Kirstein. David is president of Peak Performance Consulting Group in Austin, Texas. David is a recognized authority on business strategy and change management with more than 20 years senior management experience at top 10 banks and leading community banks. We should also mention that David is a regular commentator for BAI Banking Strategies and back for an encore performance on the podcast. David, welcome back. Thank you, Lou. It's great to be back. You've written quite a bit over the course of 2018 about the things that caught your interest. Let's go over some of the big developments in 2018 from your perch. Well, I think there's a couple of things, Lou, that we've seen. First of all, it's been a great year for banks. The economy's been very strong. Bank earnings are doing very well. And it's been a time where financial institutions have started to get, I believe, more serious about branch transformation and the needs to innovate and change. I think as a preface to some of the things that I'd like to talk about today, the economy has been running at a high for 10 years now. And in particular, this last year, a lot of concern that the kind of earnings that we've had in this past year, the kind of strong wind at our back for the economy is not likely to continue much longer. This is a time for us to be thoughtful about what kind of investments that we make, how we kind of think about the changes that need to be made in the industry, and hopefully to be able to use some of the earnings to be able to make those investments that stand us well when times are perhaps not as good as they are now or when consumer change and change in behavior that we've all been observing gets more dramatic. That's an ideal segue into my next question, 2019. And we're looking ahead. What's important for banks to keep in mind? Well, I think that there's a couple of things. The changing economic winds, which are bound to have less positive impact than at least than we saw in this last year. This whole idea about the physical and digital and this divide that we've had really needs to come together. The phrase that's been coined is fidgetal, if you will. It's maybe kind of a funny way of saying it, but this idea that we know that people don't only use branches or only use digital They use a combination of them both, and we do that all in our own personal behavior. We look things up online, and then we go to see somebody in retail, and we garner a certain amount of information or maybe pre-make a decision and are kind of looking for validation. And we're expecting this to be not just a seamless transaction from a monetary point of view. I made a transaction in a store, and I go to the bank, or I look online, and I see that that transaction occurred but more seamless information flows when I'm looking for information. The function of branches is to skew more towards advice 
and less towards monetary transactions, we'd expect then that that advice that I sought out, those questions that I asked, maybe the problem that I had would be seamless from one system to the next. We may be there on the monetary side, but most institutions are still not there when it comes to seamless physical versus digital process. When we look at branches, right, branch managers and their superiors get nervous when they see those people in the branches standing around and wondering, what do we do with those people? You've written some pretty prescient things about that issue. Share those with us. Maybe the simplest way to describe it, and I think it's a little bit simplistic, is saying we really need to think of people as universal bankers. If I just look at our customers or our credit union members expect us to serve them, they're not expecting that one person is a teller and says, oh, I can only help you with that monetary transaction and somebody else is a specialist in something else, especially as the staffing in branches decreases, as it's smaller. I think most institutions have really looked at their staffing and relative to at least their physical space and the number of transactions that they have, have really worked to reduce their staffing levels to just the minimum that's needed. But it's also had the impact of when people do that, of you almost get to a point where most of your branches are staffed at the minimum just to keep the doors open and the lights on. Certain number of hours you got to be open, got to have dual control for safety and security, got to give people breaks. And you add this all up and it says you need to have a certain number of people just to cover that time. And so people who can run that branch as a team where they're multifunctional, not just they can pitch in when needed, but they truly are multifunctional is a requirement for the future. But it also means we need to give people the tools. We need to be able to give people the knowledge base for them to be able to manage that. And I think that that leads to another point about a direction of the industry and where this may be going in terms of how to do that. So how exactly are financial institutions going to go ahead and do that? Two exciting things that are happening. I have really seen a pickup in this last year of the availability and effectiveness of either artificial intelligence tools or robotic processes and automation. And while they're not the same thing, they're related. And the cost of them has decreased dramatically. And one of the things that it's allowed financial institutions to do is to take certain types of processes, essentially replicating what people would do, especially in the back office. So all those things are around finding information, routing requests, creating information tools for when a certain question gets asked or a need is unveiled to be able to get that information easily and simply and also to be able to divert resources away from functionally entering information, pulling it from multiple places to be more directed towards assisting customers and assisting them with the needs that they've expressed. So I think that There's a number of different ways where I think that financial institutions will help deliver this information to the front lines. 
But one of the things that I think has become apparent in the last year is that some of these tools like RPA and AI have become much cheaper and easier to implement and are really paying off for those who have done it. You told a fantastic story in one of your most recent pieces for BAI about your friend John, the newly elected Justice of the Peace in Dripping Springs, Texas, and how his campaign informed something that banks and credit unions can do. Share with us some of the lessons that John taught you and how banks can apply those. There were three things that John did, and I think, Lou, you're making him famous beyond our little (laughs) suburban Austin community. For one thing, He did a lot of early listening. He was, after all, running for local judge. And so while it was a countywide election, what he was running for was just like a local community banker. He was representing his community in the lowest level courts, the ones that see traffic fines and misdemeanors and various other things. And so he went out and the first thing that he did was instead of trying to pitch who he was and what he would bring. He wanted to understand the needs of his community and he did far more listening than he did talking. He listened to people and listened to their needs. And I would say in the same way that when community bankers try to call on businesses and individuals in their community, they need to understand how to position what they can offer by understanding what the needs are rather than just saying, here's our value proposition, if you will. The second is he really created a team. He's a smart guy, but maybe Excel spreadsheets weren't his strongest virtue. And there are certain efforts that people were willing to volunteer to help him with, get out the vote, if you will. He used them in the same way that as a branch manager or as a banker or a bank president, You probably have people within who work for you who maybe they don't have the full knowledge that you do, but they certainly can help in building your business, such as creating prospect lists, creating calling lists, making certain introductory calls, things that are within their skill set that they can use to promote the entire team. And then finally, a great deal of shoe leather and getting out of the office, making calls and interacting with people. And I think that that's a place where all of us in whatever our jobs often get kind of tied back to the administration and operational things that we need to do. Man, don't find the way to have the time discipline to go out and do the work to get out in front of our prospects and our customers and not wait for them to come in the door. David, Thank you so much. Your insights are always spot on. Privileged to have you on the podcast today. Oh, Lou, thank you very much. It was a pleasure to be here, and I'm looking forward to a great 2019 for the industry. David Kirstein is president of Peak Performance Consulting Group. He's based in Austin, Texas. You can look for David's commentaries in BAI Banking Strategies, and be sure to connect with him on LinkedIn. And here are three key takeaways from today's podcast. Number one, after a great year for banks and a strong economy, banks will start to get serious about transformation, change, and innovation. But with the economy coming off a 10-year high, will earnings continue to be strong in 2019? 
perhaps not. So it's time to use earnings to embrace and create change. Number two. For banks, a major priority in 2019 will revolve around reconciling the physical and digital worlds, a term known as digital. A customer may make a decision online, for example, and go to a store to carry it out. To that end, branches will skew from transactions to advice and further facilitate the integration of the physical and digital domains. And number three. Look for robotic process automation and artificial intelligence to play big roles in 2019. The prices of these technologies have come down and they're easier to use than ever. Robotics can automate mundane back office tasks. This and AI will free up employees to help customers on the front lines. Welcome to Decision Time, where our podcast guest walks us through a major decision they had to make how they made it, and how it has impacted their career. So your boss has great confidence in you and pulls the trigger on making a big career move that will have you packing up the home and family. Now what? Here David Kirstein shares the story of a decision that bolstered his self-confidence and opened the door to a whole new life experience. Listen. Four years into my career with Citibank, I worked on a project to expand the markets that we were in. And this was at a time when interstate banking, we expect that now, but it was much more difficult at the time. It required multiple licenses and approvals, and you couldn't do this in every state. I helped the bank obtain a license for setting up a savings bank from scratch in Minneapolis. I raised my hand and said, well, I'd love to go out and go do that. My boss had great confidence in me, maybe more confidence than I think was deserved, and said, go for it. We packed up a family, moved to Minneapolis, rented temporary office space, and started hiring people and looking for branch sites, and ultimately was able to turn it into a nice little five-branch savings bank. It was a big risk, not only for my career, but also personally, having enough confidence that I could go and do something that I had never done before. So that was a big turning point in my career, also in terms of my personal confidence. And I would have to say the life experience and the friends that we garnered in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Thanks again for tuning into our podcast. We hope to have you back with us very soon. Be sure to check out our ever-growing archive of podcasts at BAI.org. Our producer, as always, is James Grady. Be sure to connect with me. I'm Lou Carloso, the managing editor at BAI. We'll see you soon. So long.